on this episode of Bootstrappers, we're going to talk about how to have explosive growth in your entrepreneurial venture. We're going to speak with Michael Krauss, who is a partner at Atrium Management Company in Orlando, Florida. He's experienced it, and we're going to ask him, how did you do it? That's on this episode of Bootstrappers. This is the Bootstrapper Show for Property Management, powered by Anaquim, a podcast where we have real conversations with industry experts that you can apply to your life and business. Welcome to Bootstrappers, where we talk about topics that are important to real estate and property management entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Gwen Aspen, here with my spouse, Jeremy. That's me. (laughs) We say something funny right there. Okay. In this episode, we're going to be speaking with Michael Krauss about how to make your entrepreneurial venture go from small to crazy in size and crazy in what you're doing. I'm so inspired by Michael's story. And so we've got to talk about it on the show, of course. Bootstrappers is powered by Anaquim. If you're looking for professionals who can help you to grow your company and your business, go to anaquim.net right now and set up a discovery call. If you set up a discovery call, get 50% off of your first placement fee by mentioning the Bootstrapper Show. So on this show, I, I just want to preface this that Mike and I have been meeting at uh, at different, now con- it comes different out. conventions for years. <laughs> and I'm always like, hey, so what are you reading? Like, what's going on? And I always feel like we always tell each other like the secret thing. And so a few Latest. years back, like, like three years ago, maybe it's three or four years ago, I was like, so how's business going? And I, and we have a relationship where I was like, he would really tell me the truth. It wouldn't just be like, oh, everything is great. I love everything. I'm, you know, it's all puppies and unicorns over here. And he's like, it's great. Everything's going well, except I'm just not making enough money. And so as we were talking, getting ready for this show, I mean, I was learning all about his business and I'm like, holy crap. Well, well, things have changed a lot in just a few years. So with that, we want to welcome Michael Krauss to the show. How are you? I am doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. That's the story everybody in property management wants to live. That, oh yeah, because Michael, you you went from 200 units like, what, six years ago, and now you're at 2,700 units? Correct. Yep. That, that's insane. So we want to dig in about how that happened and, you know, really into the deeper part. Like, did your mindset change? Was it incremental? Tell what's, us your, a- what's your bank account number? <laughs> well, tell us about how you were able to have such explosive growth in relatively short period of time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Looking forward to digging into it. So um, yeah, I'm, you guys already introduced me kind of, but I'm Mike Cross. I'm from Orlando, Florida. I'm a partner at Atrium Management Company. So, um, and you're 100% correct. We did go from about 200 doors in January of 2015 to uh, just under 2,700 or right around 2,700 doors right now. Um, so I would say like the, the biggest thing that we did to, to experience that fast growth um, was really got around people in the industry that, that knew what they were doing and we listened to their advice. Um, we didn't recreate anything. Uh, we, we are, me and my business partner, Adam, neither one of us are super creative. We're both very, uh, you know, kind of math oriented um, people, not super creative. Um, so we've just copied other people's ideas and concepts along the way and been blessed to have great people in our lives. So, um, 
When you were first starting and you just had the 200 units, did you have a big vision or did the vision grow over time? So I would say that um, we had a decent sized vision. I, ne- I didn't necessarily have a big vision. Um, I, was, uh, I was more in the weeds on the operations when we first got started. So we would have, me and Adam, um, we would always eat pretty healthy. We'd have Chipotle like three or four times a week. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we'd be sitting there at lunch at Chipotle and, and Adam would say, you know, you know, one of these days we're going to be at a thousand doors. And I remember thinking to myself, like, no way that I can't even handle the 250 we're dealing with right now. I don't want another door. Uh, you know, like it, it was just so much to handle when I was big time in the weeds. But Adam always had this mentality uh, of growth over everything. And if that phone would ring and it was, you know, somebody who was looking for property management services, he would drop whatever he was doing and immediately leave the office. And it would, it would drive some of the team members nuts. We have a uh, Clary who's a, an ad administrative uh, employee on our team. And she, um, you know, she would go nuts because we weren't around because Adam was out in the living rooms. And so I think early on, um, he kind of taught me that, that vision for, you know, growth is one of the most important things. If you're not growing your diet. And, and you always live that. The phone calls, the sales calls were always the most important thing. Um, priority number one, no matter what. When they came in. So, but you were on the operations side. So you, I mean, there's always that uh, uh, tension between sales and operations. So obviously your operations had to transform tremendously in six years. I mean, you can't go from 200 units to 2,700 without some serious processes and procedures and structural change. Can you tell us about how you did that? Yeah. So for us, we, we started out departmental where um, pretty much everybody had their own set of tasks that they were doing. You know, one person handled all the renewals and one person handled all the work orders and one person handled all the initial phone calls and um, one person handled all the books. Um, that started to break down and it was kind of in like the 600 the 700 door range, mm-hmm. uh, it just stopped working. Owners were calling in. They were like, hey, who do I talk to? They would be like, I want to talk about a renewal. And we'd have to transfer to one person. And they want to talk about their statement. And we had to transfer mm-hmm. to another person. And it just kind of broke down at that point um, for us. So we were looking for solutions. Um, and we actually went out to visit um, Dodson Property Management. Duke was having his 10-year party. I went out there. Um, and he, I, I got to interview a bunch of their team members and kind of see how their operations were. And they had broken things up into teams of three. And most mom and pop uh, property management companies run really well from like 200 to 300 doors with a person, a team of three or four. Um, so that's how they had all of their portfolio structure. They basically had um, what we call an asset manager, which is like a senior property manager, a property manager who handles... Um, the maintenance and then a property manager who handles the leasing. Um, so we saw that structure and, and thought, um, you know, man, this would be very nice if we had teams of three. Um, because like, like I said, uh, small companies, 200 to 300 doors run really smoothly. They're very profitable. Um, and they always seem to work really well in our industry. So we just, we just kind of broke our teams up just like they did. Just copied exactly what they had done for the most part. Um, and, and it worked out really well. We've since added an ITM, what we call an ITM, what you all call VAs, uh, international team member. Um, we, um, we now have one of each, 
we have an, uh, an international team member on each of our pods as well. Um, so, and they run from kind of 200 to up to 450 doors um, in those uh, small property groups. So, so once you made that structural change, did that just transform your world and operations? Did you feel like you had the ability to scale quickly because you'd figured that out? Or was there something else structurally that had to change for you to get to where you are now? So um, we, we picked up the, the pod structure and then we kept hearing about this thing called traction. Mm-hmm. Um, heard about it from Matthew Whitaker at the time he was with GK Houses. Now they're called Evernest. Mm-hmm. Heard about it from a guy named Andy Moore who's with Gulf, Gold Coast Property Management, uh, Gulf Coast Property Management yeah. down in Sarasota, uh, Bradenton. Heck yeah. Um, I actually met him at the same conference I met you all in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, um, yeah, he, so... Adam and I went down to visit Andy in Sarasota. I think it was like 2017, maybe the beginning of 2017, 18. And and, uh, we wrote down a list of like like seven things. And it was like, go institute the pod structure, structure, institute property mount, institute um, uh, traction. And we wrote down like seven or eight things on this list. And we we visited Andy and Andy's like, oh, traction changed my life, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, we put that list away, totally forgot about it, went back at the end of the year, and we had we had done like six out of the seven things. Um, and one of those things was Institute Traction, and it absolutely changed our business. It's uh, the- 100%. I would say that for us, that was the biggest transformation of our property management company. And then now uh, just doing that right from the get-go at Anaquim is just such a game changer, mostly because it forces you to prioritize your projects. So you're not like shiny object syndrome, you know, like, oh, squirrel, you know, oh, we got to do this. And you have to prioritize and focus on accomplishing things. And you think you're going to get less done because you have fewer priorities, but you actually get more done because you actually get things done. And we, I mean, if there's, we've interviewed quite a few people now on the show. Traction comes up all the time. Matt's probably, our producer, Matt, is probably so sick of hearing about traction at this point because it's like, it's it's such a game changer. So you did it, you self-implemented, correct? Yeah, we self-implemented. So um, it's funny, we wanted help. We called, I called and asked, we called and asked Matthew Whitaker, we were like, Hey, how do we get started with this? And he's like, just read the book. Mm-hmm. And then, so we read the book and we went back to him and we were like, Hey, now what do we do to get started? He's like, read the book again. And so we were like, okay, we get it. Didn't so, Whitaker hear about it from you? Mm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe you heard about it at the same time, yeah. but, but yeah, I, I think we implemented it around the same time and I did it the same way or we did it the same way. It's like, save yourself 30 K. <laughs> Although we had a, we had a fourteen ninety nine. It was reading the book. A couple weeks ago, uh, we had interviewed the CEO of EOS. So he he gives another he gives a good case for getting somebody on board to help out because it it's expensive between twenty five hundred and seven thousand dollars a day. But we've done it that way, and it works. And that's not what we're here well, to talk about. Yeah, um, I, I think there are issues, and I think this leads to another question. Um, I think you need an implementer if you struggle with your leadership team or if you have a major cultural issue with your company. So one of my questions for you is, from going from 200 units to almost 3,000, have you had to make some significant personnel changes where the people that 
helped you at the beginning, not the people who are going to get you to where you are now? Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, we made a, a music video. Uh, we, our goal is $24,000. And uh, so we made a, we remade the Bruno Mars music video, 24 Karat Magic. Are, are you going to um, link yeah. it? Can we link it in the show notes? Is it on YouTube? Uh, and, uh, <laughs> internal. internal. <laughs> I'll show you on my phone. Okay. All right. Uh, but uh, yeah, so um, I think it's just me and Adam left from the leadership team that initially set up our first VTF. I mean, that's not something that I ever expected or wanted or... Of course. I would have have said that I was excited about. Um, But I will say that I've never been more excited with our current leadership team than I am today. We just had our, our, um, you know, kind of first quarter offsite where we did a retreat. um, And we spent two days together planning and making sure the year was all set up and our VTO was set up for our one-year, our one-year plan and our three-year picture and all that kind of stuff. And... I've never been more excited with our team we have right now. But I I honestly, though, I think that being able to make those hard choices is what separates those who have true growth from those who don't. Because I'm sure that was heart-wrenching at certain times, those leadership changes. How bad was it? To be honest, um, most of those people decided that they were moving on. Um, for various reasons, you know, some people want one, you know, people started their own business. One person moved home to live with a family member and take care of a family member. Other people just felt like they needed a change. Um, you know, there wasn't, there's definitely not anything that I can pinpoint. That was, and we didn't fire any of those people specifically. Of course, we made, we've made hard personal decisions over the years. That's just a given. As a as a leader and as a growing organization, you're gonna to have to make those tough decisions. Um, but in those cases, in fairness, they 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 just kind of move on. Oh well, that uh, one of them one of them was part of the great resignation or the great uh, migration, whatever you want to call it, after mm-hmm. COVID. Uh, after COVID. So we did lose quite a bit of our leadership team kind of after that to different various things. One person started a company, like you know, it is what it is. So it wasn't ever that you just had, because I think when you have the structure of traction and you really start having accountability, sometimes people don't like it. They're like, this has changed. And you're like, yes, it has. And we're happy about it. And if you don't like it, you know, there is a door right here. I mean, did you think that having higher standards for your team and yourself and more accountability as you grew and became more sophisticated cause some people to leave over time? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, pressure turned up, you know, like you said, the results are much clearer when you're using traction. Uh, so definitely some people just kind of weeded themselves out. It also makes it easier on the front, you know, using the scorecard and make everybody having their own number um, makes it easier to tell somebody's not going to work out. So, you know, we've definitely had some hires that, that didn't work out. You got to see that sooner. Yeah. Like with the KPIs, you go through the KPI section of traction and it's like, Hey, look at all these red numbers. Um, right. Right. How come you're not yeah, getting these? These are not supposed, these are supposed to be black numbers. These, <laughs> these red ones aren't working for you. Um, yeah. so which out of curiosity, just to help me with listening, what software do you use for your operating system, financial system and traction? Yeah, so we use um, Appfolio for our property management software. Um, we uh, use Tenant Turner for leasing, Property Meld for um, work orders, 
Um, and, and that's, we use lead simple for our CRM. Um, so all three of those, I would highly recommend. I, I couldn't, I can't imagine going back to single family management without property melt. Um, just couldn't, could, wouldn't want to do it. Um, you know, tenant Turner has been great to us for years. We're, you know, very happy with their services and think it works really well. Um, you know, we use, we also use, um, easy repair hotline. Um, Andy Shen over there runs a great company and they have been tremendous at kind of giving, you know, us peace of mind back. So we don't have to be on call 24 seven. Um, them coupled with property model have been a great pair. Um, and, uh, you know, Appfolio has done a good job for us. We've, you know, I'm not an Appfolio hater. Um, I was actually on their customer panel, um, for their sales team, for their, their kickoff meeting that they had for all their salespeople this year. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I feel like they're making some really positive changes this year. Um, they're working on integrations. Um, Property oh, actually yeah. now has an integration. Oh. With them. Yeah. So um, they've turned a corner. They're, the words open API are no longer a cost word. Okay. Um, so it's, they, they've turned a corner. I'm, I'm kind of wow. excited to see what I was wondering when they do that. That took forever for them to do that. So technology, are, is that one of your strengths? I wouldn't say it's a strength. Um, I, you know, I don't think it's a weakness either. We're just kind of middle of the road on technology. Mm -hmm. um, our business has been built on relationships. That's where we excel. Um, we don't necessarily excel in technology, but we don't, we don't let ourselves get behind either. Mm -hmm. um, we've talked about it recently. We want to be on the cutting edge, so we want to push for that a little more. And we've recently hired a, a gentleman who's um, our, our marketing director is very tech savvy. So I think we'll be able to push the envelope a little more in the future. Um, than we have in the past. So um, do you have any big investors? I mean, have you gone after some big investors for some of the growth or is it, how has the growth come in? So um, big investors in terms of like buying property management companies, no. Um, big investors in terms of owning houses, not really. Um, we have had um, some bigger property. We, we do multifamily and we do boutique multifamily. So boutique is for us anything that doesn't um, doesn't have on-site management, um, mm -hmm. and then traditional multifamily would have on-site management. Yeah. Um, so um, our largest owner has 600 multifamily doors, and we are we're our second largest um, owner. Uh, my, myself and my business partner Adam have a little bit over 500 doors that we own um, on that boutique uh, multifamily space. One uh, traditional multi. Um, and, and you're, we, we, we've syndicated most of that, meaning we've raised money from other people, um, to buy those. And so, um, you know, it, it's not all our money. I'm definitely not rich by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so, um, but you know, there's, uh, there's definitely ways to be able to grow, um, more rapidly through that boutique multifamily space. Okay. And so that getting into that marketing, your business partner, Adam Wanis, he was in the 40 under 40 list. Is that right? In your local business? We, yeah, we both were. Oh, you both and were. Both. Sorry. Yeah. Gosh, I'm not giving you credit where credit's due. So, I mean, yeah. has that local marketing really helped you grow more quickly? I mean, is that an area you would um, tell other people or advise other people to look into just yes. local marketing? Yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. Um, the word of mouth is going to be your best advertising. I mean, you can spend 
know, we did the math on it. And at one point it was like a thousand dollars to get a Google, I forget what it was, but it basically broke down to every 2000 bucks we spent on Google AdWords, we were going to get like one contract, one single family house. Mm. Right. I mean, that's just, that's not a great return on investment. Now, if you could buy a $2,000 contract, there's a lot of people out there that are buying contracts for more money than $2,000, right? Buying these companies, they're rolling up and a lot of times they're made, you know, they're paying more than 2000 bucks, but that is a major hustle to turn $2,000 worth of Google yeah. ads into one contract. Um, we have always taken the approach of building relationships. And if you went and spent $2,000 on gifts for realtors, who can send you referrals, what do you think would turn out better? So like this week, I had our team um, that, that sent a signed Matt Ryan football to an Atlanta fan. He had, you know, last week we had a jersey with the name of the, the property owner put on the back of it. Um, we probably, I mean, we spent, I can't even, I don't know, I'm embarrassed to say it. I'm not even going to say the number. We spent thousands of dollars taking brokers, golfing and stream song. Um, to, you know, build that relationship. And those returns are so much better than you're ever going to get on Google AdWords. Um, so, you know, we, we've spent years building relationships in Orlando. And the Orlando Business Journal really is a great, and most big cities have business journals, uh, a great place for you to network, go to events, mm. um, and meet people that are like-minded and, you know, build those referral bases up. Um, so I think you're talking about, Adam, Adam, Adam was a part of 40 under four class. And I want to say it was 2018 or it was either 17 or 18, a few years before me. I got it on my 39th year of the third year. I barely snuck in. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, he, um, he ended up meeting a guy there that ultimately we're, we're going to end up managing about 1500 single family homes for. Wow. Um, yeah. So and they were part of the same, you know, uh, 40 under 40 class. So it's the, in, in the value in that is just, it's, it's priceless. Like you can get referrals for 10 years from building a relationship versus, you know, paying for Google AdWords and just, you know, one time, you know, one, one, one time you get a pop. If you get lucky and you have to hustle like crazy to just do that one. So, um, yeah, Orlando business journal is big for us. Networking events in general are big for us. We started tracking how many networking events. It's one of our KPIs that we do. And we have done thousands of them as a team. Uh, we had one person did six networking events last week, our BDM. I mean, how oh, cool yeah. is that? You know, we got 50 people on the team all doing networking events. If they just all go to one a week, that's 2,500 a year. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and I don't think... I think people, one, forgot about networking with the pandemic. I know you guys didn't have a pandemic in Florida, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, yeah. a lot of the networking stuff was canceled in other places. And so it's a good reminder, get out there, say, say hello to local people and remember that networking is still a thing. Um, right. And vote, vote DeSantis in 2024. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> so um but you're also into that built to rent space correct are, are you in that right now the built to rent yeah so is that have you had to get um some investors for that project as well was that through yeah. networking yeah um yeah we've built up a base of networkers of, or i'm sorry a base of investors over the years 
um, through doing other deals. You know, we started out, Adam actually started out building townhomes and, and uh, kind of the milk district. It's a little like district outside of downtown. Um, and we, we then moved to like buying smaller boutique apartment communities and made money for investors there. Um, you know, and as you, as you basically um, re, you know, kind of build up the rent roll, rehab the apartments, get the rent roll up, and then refinance. A lot of times we've been able to get the investors' money back out of the deal um, through right refinancing. So they get their investment back and they still own equity in the deal. So, you know, who doesn't want to be a part of that, right? You, mm-hmm. you know, you, you invest $100,000 with us, you know, two years later, you get that $100,000 back and you still own a portion of that property for the rest of the, you know, the time that we hold it and you're just getting mailbox money. I mean, we, we have been trying to find deals for investors that have been basically banging on the door saying, hey, we want to give you money. And we're like, we're sorry, you know, it's a very competitive market out there. We're not going to overpay for, you know, properties. So that we're just not buying anything right now. Um, Built to Rent has opened up a market um, where, you know, we, we can actually make sense of the numbers um, in those tertiary kind of further out areas where you can get bigger plots of land. Um, we're, we're super excited about it. And we've got some great partners in that business. And, um, you know, we expect to, we expect to, um, we expect to be managing about 400 of those uh, by the fourth quarter of this year. Oh, cool. Um, that are all brand new class A construction. Well, if you're looking for investors, call me. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, do you have any words of wisdom if someone wants to get in that space? Is there something that you didn't know at the front end that you wish you had known when you started getting into built to rent? Um, that's a good question. I mean, there's a lot of people out there trying to do it. Very few people who have done it successfully, um, get it around, you know, get around people who have already done it. Um, there's a, there's a community popular that I went and visited last week and they're just killing it, you know? So I went and saw how they did it and we're going to change the type of grass we installed because of that site visit. Um, you know, I'm going to IMN, uh, Nashville to their single family build to rent conference, uh, the end of our, in the middle of next week. Um, there's a ton of people there who are a wealth of knowledge. Um, if you're looking to get started, I, I, like I said, at the beginning of this, I don't come up with creative ideas. I just get around people who have already done it and then ask them questions. And then when they give you advice, if you take that advice and then you remember to thank them, once you've applied it, first of all, if you actually apply it, they're going to be thankful. And then if you tell them you applied it and you succeeded, man, they're going to want to help you again. It's so crazy how that's cyclical, uh, but it totally works. So thank your mentors and thank the people that give you advice. Um, and it, you know, it'll help out long-term. And you're taking applications. Are you taking applications for mentoring? Cause if so, we'll just put your cell phone number <laughs> right down here. Okay. <laughs> no, I think that that's good. It, you do give back a lot. And, um, I mean, it's not like you're, you're, you give back to the community and you've been helpful to others. And, um, I mean, you kind of have that reciprocity thing going. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever turned anybody down who asked for help. So, you know, this, 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 I, if you want to put my information on, you're no, gonna, no, I can do that to you, which is fine, you know, but I mean, and, and Gwen, I think we talked about this, um, you know, you one, guys do a lot we, of talking. Well, we go to a lot of conferences. conferences. <laughs> what the hell's going on here? Shut up. Go, ahead, go, <laughs> go ahead, Mike. So, so any, anytime I get a book recommendation, I put the person's name on the books like that, that recommended it. So Dane Basham recommended that one to me. 
Andy props, recommended that one to me. So I don't forget to thank them right. for that recommendation and we could have a conversation about it. Um, you know, Gwen, I, I think I spent like, Jeremy, yes, last time Gwen and I, I think the last, well, I saw you in Kansas City, but the last time before that was Arizona. And I think I spent like 50 bucks on books just talking to Gwen. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. But they were good, I, right? I yeah. <laughs> Um, so. and I did want to get into a little bit more work-life balance because you have like three little kids, right? Yeah, I do. I have a seven to five and a three-year-old. So how do you manage, um, this explosive growth with your personal life and your family life? Um, so everybody has the same amount of time of the day, obviously. Um, you know, I used to think I was really busy. I used to make excuses for not working out. Um, at the end of 2019, I actually started running again. I had taken 20 years off since high school and I started running again. Um, and you know, I found out that I have more time than I think, you know, kids have actually having kids has actually forced me to be more productive. To be honest, I don't watch any TV. Uh, you know, I, I we don't even have a working TV in our house, so yeah. we totally understand. And that's something <laughs> uh, we've said it before on the show. I mean, that seems to be a very constant. Uh, that that seems to be a constant whenever we ask people that are having success. No, almost nobody watches almost TV. Nobody watches TV. So I won't lie. Like, I, I there are a few shows that I stream. Like when I have a Saturday night where it's, I don't have work to do for something and. I'll watch an episode of Yellowstone, stream it. Now I've watched the show Billions. Um, Ted Lasso was another one that was really good. That but was like, awesome. Ted Lasso was awesome. Right. But th- these are like streaming and it's like, I'm choosing that over sleep. Right. And it's not like during the day, it's not from, you know, five to nine. Right. It goes, my, my schedule goes like, you know, seven in the morning, six, six thirty in the morning till then, like, get out of work at six or six 30, get home, spend a couple hours with the kids, put the kids down, start working again until nine or till like 10, 11, 12, sometimes one or two in the morning. And if I can get, if I decide that I need to relax for a half hour at the end of the day, you know, I do. And I typically run or work out at night. Um, so for me, a lot of times when I'm running and working out, I'm reading books. So I very seldomly sit down and read a book. I just listen to them on the audiobooks while I'm running. And my business partner, Adam, taught me that. Um, at first, I was like, no, man, I got to listen to music. I got to feel the rhythm. Mm-hmm. And then I got addicted to the learning. And yeah. it's just it's killing two birds with one stone. You just feel so full when you're you know, gaining knowledge while actually physically getting better. It's just it's amazing. It's, it's definitely a life hack for uh, how to how to get those workouts in in work? Mine is uh, I work out. Um, I only allow myself to watch TV, or more to the point, I don't, probably only have enough time to watch TV when I'm working out. And working out, if I get a really good show like Ted Lasso, I work my ass off, <laughs> and it's great. So I just always look for good shows because you know if I'm going to spend 45 minutes or an hour and a half doing working out. I like it. I like to watch them. They're fun. Yeah. Yellowstone's one I got to, I got to, I don't even know how we'd get it, but I want to watch that. I hear so much about it. So yeah, it's, it's a good one. So if, if you, do you have any parting advice for any ambitious people who, who want to grow their company and maybe, maybe they're like you a few years back where they feel like they're not making enough money um, and, you know, advice on what they could do in order to get where yeah. they want to be. 
I would just say, you know, I mean, we just fully believe in investing in people, you know, like we, we joked around about not making money. The reason is because we wanted to be poised for growth. We've always wanted to have enough people that we could grow into the business. Um, you know, we've recently added an, another layer of leadership so that I can try to focus on expanding the business and my business partner can try to focus on, you know, developing property and, and growing the, the, the door count that way. Um, you know, so we've invested in people um, and we really care about those people. We have a culture at our company that it's like, it's not good enough just to come to work and do a good job. Like you've got to be growing personally. You've got to be reading books. You've got to be working out. You've got to be growing in all facets of your own life. Um, you know, if you believe in our core values and, and what, you know, traction really set up for us and taught us, you know, hey, this is what we stand for. Um, you know, so I just feel like you got to invest in people before your business is ever going to grow. And the same thing goes with like investing in relationships and being out there networking. Um, that's solely how we've built our business. And you've got to go out there. You've got to be memorable. Um, you know, I've been telling everybody another thing that I learned from my business partner, Adam, and I don't know where he got it from, but I think I told you about this, Quinn. But each time I add a contact in my phone now, I am adding information about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically right underneath the, the name, mm-hmm. I'm adding whether I'm adding their wife's name, their kid's name, ah. their name. So when they call, I can remember something about them, right? I I'm like, like Hey, that. how's Laura doing? How's Brooks doing? Uh, you know, and, and that way they know you care about them. Cause honestly, if you're having conversations with people, you do care about them. Absolutely. It's not, your, it's not your intention to forget that person's name, but you're going to meet 10 people that day and you're going to forget their name. You're going to forget their wife's name. Um, you know, it's just inevitable, but if you, if you're intentional about it, uh, it, it, it changes the game. And so for me, I moved into a new neighborhood in June and I've met so many new people and the number of people are like, how the heck do you remember my dog's name? Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's, it's a, it's a good little life hack. I love that. That's That's a great fantastic. That's a great way. Uh, that's a great way to wrap it up. Well, we are so grateful to have you on the show, Mike. This has been such a pleasure. Yeah. Good seeing you. Uh, bootstrappers is powered by Anaquim. If you're looking for professionals who can help you grow your business, go to Anaquim.net right now and set up a discovery call. If you set up a discovery call, get 50% off your first placement fee by mentioning the bootstrapper show. Thanks again, Mike. We really appreciate it. This is the Bootstrapper Show for Property Management, powered by Anaquim, a podcast where we have real conversations with industry experts that you can apply to your life and business.